This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Yo, it is another edition of This Week in Fantasy, a week Five quarter poll of the season edition of this week in fantasy. I'd like to welcome in, as always, my guy. Uh, again, uh, you can follow his work over at footballguys.com. Cohen over there. Uh, certainly worth a subscription. You can listen to him eight days a week on the Audible with Cecil Lammy. And, uh, of course, uh, on Twitter, at Sigmund Bloom. But most importantly, I enjoy the opportunity to get to chat with him. Uh, for uh, a little bit each week. We were just talking for a few minutes before the podcast about Sigmund's new record player, which is exciting um, for Sigmund as uh, I got a a really good uh, speech about music, which is uh, what we love to talk about. But uh, Sigmund, how are you, man? Yeah, see, every time you ask me how I am, it comes with a speech. I won't make a speech. Yeah, it's great. I won't make it to your listeners right now, but just folks that appreciate vinyl know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, then maybe it... You look into the idea of making listening to music a ritual because it's a really special thing. The, the the language of the soul, and I don't know what we would call football. The the language of the id, I don't know. <laughs> certainly, certainly not uh, the language of the soul. I agree with you there. As music is definitely that. It's the thing. I know I couldn't go without. Um, Sigmund, real quick before we dive in, for those uh, new listeners, we dive uh, through every single game on the slate and then have a little fun later going inside Sigmund or last week my mind, but this week we're getting back inside Sigmund's mind. But quickly, uh, we're a quarter of the way into the season, which is yeah. absolutely insane. Any general um, observations or, or tips four weeks in for teams moving forward? Well, first and foremost, this might sound uh, like a platitude, but don't give up. I'm mean, 0-4 teams win the fantasy championship and 4-0 teams don't make the playoffs in fantasy football sometimes. And things change so quickly. Fortunes change so quickly. And in some ways, being 0-4, it can push you to be hyperactive on the waiver wire and try to play the trade market and otherwise pay more attention to your lineups and, and really fine-tune your team. Uh, because you know we can look at teams like Atlanta could be 4-0 and they're 1-3. And a lot of fantasy football, one decision or your whole season can turn around. Or it was your team stepping on the landmines for the first few weeks. It's going to be other teams. So don't give up. And the other thing from a a large picture point of view is passing. I mean, Chase Stewart. Insane, right? 
Yeah, Chase Stewart, Football Perspective, uh, um, he's doing great work covering how this should be a massive story in all sports media that passing now, like an average passing performance is equal to Aaron Rodgers' career average performance. And you can just see how that's skewing things in fantasy football. Like, like I don't know exactly how the numbers work out, but the number 20 receiver right now would have been about the number 40 receiver. I mean, I'm sorry, the number 40 receiver right now would have been about the number 20 receiver last year. So at this point in the season, so passing stats are just exploding around the league, but it's still making those top running backs even more valuable. So it doesn't necessarily mean you don't need running backs, even though the NFL might be going in that direction. Uh, So as we see these big picture trends, it always ripples down to our fantasy teams. All right, Sigmund, let's dive into the week five slate again. So crazy. It's week five. It goes so fast. Uh, Bears and Bucks on a bye this week. We start tonight a, uh, a deflate gate battle here. As the, uh, everyone uh, said the Patriots were done, Sigmund, and they weren't done. And now they're hosting a Colts team that desperately needs a win. Yeah, the annual ritual or the Patriots done. No, they're not done. Yeah. Uh, on the indie side, you know, we'll see how resourceful Andrew Luck can be. Where no one's asking questions about whether Luck is done or he can't do what he used to do, or ca- we don't care about him in fantasy. But without T.Y. Hilton, uh, maybe you trust Eric Ebron, and that's maybe Naeem Hines as a flex or a desperation PPR running back too. Uh, you know, we'll see how guys like Ryan Grant, Chester Rogers, uh, Zach Pascal play in this one. Um, we're not going to see Marlon Mack back. You know, just see if Luck can keep his team in the game, as we've basically seen him carrying this team since he was drafted. On the New England side, everything getting back to uh, normal, so to speak, uh, for them. Uh, the loss of Rex Burke had clarified this backfield the same way the trade of Adrian Peterson did in New Orleans last year. I think you start White and Michelle going forward. The little defense that could in Indy, it's got to be just worn out from the battles they've been having. They lost, and I'm not sure if we're going to see Darius Leonard, a rising star. It'd be sad if we don't get to see him. And uh, also, it looks like um, Kenny Moore, their excellent uh, slot corner is going to be out for this one so that means julian edelman should be just fine to put back in your lineup right away and then we may or may not see rob gronkowski if he is active you basically have to play him because tight ends that bad but if he's not then that could give you a little more of an opening to try someone like philip dorsett chris hogan who we're not even sure if we should hold on to right now um josh gordon and we'll see how how he looks so uh, i do think we're seeing maybe new england's blueprint now changing to a little more running through the backfield, at least until we see all hands on deck and healthy in the passing game. All right, Sigma, let's move on to the Sunday slate. There are some fun games from a fantasy perspective on the Sunday slate. However, we are not starting with one of them, the Tennessee Titans heading an AA decent real-life team here at the Titans, as they obviously um, you know, stole one from the Eagles down there in overtime. But um, the Titans heading in to take on a Bills team it, not a ton of fantasy excitement in this one, but what are you seeing? Well, Tennessee, as you know, looked like a different team last week. Yeah. Highly different team. And maybe we should, Mike Frable, we should be mentioning. He's a good coach segment. He's a good coach. He's a, he prepares he, his team. And he's gutsy. And, uh, yeah. you know, he, like, he was, uh, he was more um, big balls like than yeah. Doug this past week for sure. Yeah, and the in the defensive play calls too, um, and the teams take on the personality of their head coach and uh, quarterback. Marcus Mariota's personality, I'm I'm not quite sure what there is to take on there. It's a good guy, 
But Mike Vrabel, they're getting that intensity and grit. I think you're going to see Josh Allen have another really long afternoon with the pressure that Tennessee can put on. And then we'll see. And Buffalo's defense isn't going to roll over and they're at home. So I don't know if Marcus Mariota is as attractive as his numbers make him look, but he could still be solid in this game. Is he His play really turned the corner. Corey Davis locking up with Travis White makes me less excited to play him, even though he had that incredible breakout game last week. Taewon Taylor might be the guy getting the really good matchup here. And maybe it's a Derrick Henry game because he gets to 20 or 22 carries if they can nurse a lead and gets that 60 or 70 yard touchdown to ice this game. All right, Tim, when we go from one of, if not the worst fantasy games of the day to potentially the best, this one could get out of control the way these two defenses have been beat up and have looked so far. The Atlanta Falcons heading on to take on a uh, both teams, a pretty desperate Pittsburgh Steelers team as well. Sigmund, is this just uh, start the water boy in this one? You start everybody? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, um, going all the way back to like 1983 Final Four uh, or 82 Final Four, the, on the opposite side of that great Jim Valvano NC State team was the Louisville-Houston game by Slamma Jamma. Mm-hmm. And they said they, they said if a little kid would have wandered onto the court, someone might have picked up the kid and dunked them. <laughs> well, in this one, if a little kid wanders onto the field in Pittsburgh, they're going to pick him up and throw him 80 yards <laughs> for a touchdown, you know. Because Antonio like, Brown will catch him. It'll be Yeah, fine. exactly. Some he'll find a way. Um so, yeah, start everybody. I mean, even some of these players like Mohamed Sanu, uh, Vance McDonald looks like he has a great matchup. Roethlisberger and Ryan are top three, top four quarterback plays. Uh, Ridley, Jones, Smith-Schuster, Brown, th- these are all top 10, top 12 wide receiver plays this week. We will see Devontae Freeman back. It looks like it. So this it should be a three-way backfield. Edo Smith deserves to continue to get touches. So I, I don't think you're going to necessarily plug Freeman in right away, especially if we want to see how his knee responds because it's more of a comfort issue. I think it's something wasn't corrected by surgery and things like that. Uh, James Connors come back to earth, although you know just the opportunity to get short touchdowns in this one, and he's staying involved as a receiver. Le'Veon Bell may or may not bat, be back, so maybe that gives him a little more uh, fuel in the tank. Uh, but this is a game. What's most interesting about this one, James, other than all of the fantasy angles is uh, you can put together a DFS lineup that's just all Steelers and Falcons this week. Both of these teams need this game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it's, so it's going to be, it's going to be a knockdown drag out fight. And uh, I think you're going to see a lot of defensive lapses in this one. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, you talked about all the passing this year and these are two teams who have been doing it in spades all season and, and two defenses that have, been able to do nothing to stop it. So um, I'm with you, man. You start everybody in this game, and uh, it's, uh, in my mind, the, the fantasy game of the day, as it were. Um, the next one, not the fantasy game of the day, decidedly, as we go back to a more Titans-Bills type of clash as the Denver Broncos fly across country to take on the uh, Todd Bowles in trouble, maybe Jets segment. Uh, what do you think about this one? Any uh, other than maybe the Broncos receivers, anything to yeah. like in this one? Well, not really. Um, we see how Denver responds. Uh, traveling east, short week. Uh, this is a team that's played much better at home. They summed up everything they had to try to beat Kansas City and weren't able to do it. If we see this team becoming like Detroit, like the Rams, with three receivers, because Cortland Sutton looks good, if the pie is not as big as the Detroit passing game or the Rams passing game. So that could be kind of disastrous. Although Emmanuel Sanders lining up in the slot on Buster's screen is probably the best angle you have on this game. You're splitting the backfield two ways, maybe three ways with Devontae Booker. Case Keenum not playing badly, 
But if they start losing, if he has a bad game, the calls for Chad Kelly might increase on the Jets' side. After that first game, that blip against the Lions, we can see this is a rebuilding year for this team. So maybe Quincy Inunua as a high floor play, but otherwise they split their backfield. They get other receivers involved, although Tyrell Pryor, not so much one of them. Um, you know, th- this could absolutely be an uglier game. I totally thought Terrell Pryor was going to work as a wide receiver, and it looks like I was wrong about that yeah, one, Sigmund. Me too. Uh, yeah. All right, next game, potentially the uh, real-life football game of the day, certainly one of them, and, and a really interesting from a fantasy perspective because um, you know this Chiefs offense has been so special this year and facing the best defense they've faced this season pretty easily with the Jaguars coming into town. Um, and, and on the other side, a Jaguars offense that – other than against a good Titans D has been pretty solid taking on a bad Chiefs defense. How do you see this one shaking out from a fantasy perspective, Sigmund? I think Patrick Mahomes can be fine against Jacksonville. And we may even see Sammy Watkins play in this one. Uh, But play Kelsey, play Hill, play Hunt, play Mahomes. And I, I still have Mahomes in my top five or six quarterbacks. I think Jacksonville can be exploited by this defense. I think even though Denver, a blueprint maybe, but some of that was the energy and intensity, and that energy and intensity is going to be on the Kansas City side. On the Jacksonville side, of course, Blake Bortles has a very high ceiling this week. D.J. Westbrook, after the great game he had against the Jets, might have the tougher matchup here with Kendall Fuller in the slot. Uh, so maybe it's more of a Keelan Cole or uh, Dante Moncrief game. T.J. Hilton's going to get the start. No matter how this game goes, he should remain heavily involved in the lineup. I want to see them use Corey Grant some more. But I think in this offense versus defense matchup, um, this could be a game that shows us whether the defense can get the upper hand at all in this pass-happy NFL. Because even though Denver had it for what three quarters, they still lost, and uh, I think that sets the bar pretty high for what Jacksonville needs to do. And this was a team that was run ragged by the Steelers in the playoffs, by San Francisco. So uh, this might be one where the offense gets to the top of the heap, at least these better offenses for once and for all. Um, and it, it's a great offense versus defense battle. All right, Sigmund, this next one's interesting to me. And NFC North battle, the Packers heading in to take on the Lions. It's interesting to me because... I feel like these are maybe the two most clear examples of teams that have one clearly the most talented running back on their roster. And yet that yeah. running back is not getting the the full amount of work. How do you see this game and, and specifically carry on Johnson, Aaron Jones yeah. situations working out here? Now you zeroed in on the key thing here. So it makes a lot of sense for Green Bay to have Aaron Rodgers throw the ball 25 or 30 times this week and give the ball to Aaron Jones 20 or 25 times. Troy's run defense is terrible. Aaron Jones looks like the best running back in this backfield by a long shot when it comes to running the ball. And Jamano Allison's coming back from a concussion. Randall Cobb's not playing. Devontae Adams probably going to be locked up with Darius Slay. Makes Jimmy Graham a little bit better. You're playing him anyway. And maybe not playing Aaron Rodgers. Uh, is he hasn't been in this great pass-happy NFL. He hasn't caught that wave yet, and I don't think shorthanded he'll catch that this week. On the Detroit side, again, it, it, this Green Bay defense actually really came together. Some of it was Josh Allen, but they really came together last week, and Detroit wants to run the ball. I don't know what happened to the running game plan last week, but I think you go back to establishing the run this week with on Johnson, and both of these guys I have in that high upside running back to territory this week, and especially in DFS where you're looking for cheaper running back plays. I like both of these guys. And on the Detroit passing game, Matthew Stafford, 
Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay, to a lesser extent Marvin Jones. His breakout game is coming one of these weeks, though. You know, these are all safe plays, but if they are establishing the run, less exciting plays uh, than you know the three-headed attack of the Rams. But this is a, a great game because the NFC North is a, a division that is really up in the air. Um, I, I don't think we have a clear favorite. I don't think we have a clear worst team in the division. And these games, every single one of them is going to be important. So this should be like really, you know, Green Bay's already had two all-out wars within the division. Detroit, this is their first divisional game. So this is a lot. We're going to see a lot on the line in this one. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point about that division because I, I totally agree. It's kind of not going the way people expected it to mm-hmm. very clearly. Um, and uh, I th- agree. Carry on, Johnson, Aaron Jones, really nice DFS plays, and um, and Rogers just um, you know look, he's uh, he's not healthy. It's pretty clear when you watch him play. And I think he's doing the best out there he can. Um, all right, moving on. Segment uh, from the AFC, excuse me, NFC North to the AFC South as the uh, three and one Baltimore Ravens surprisingly finding a little rejuvenation on the offensive side of the ball, taking on a Browns team that. Uh, Put up some points last week. Yeah. Is this uh, is this a sneaky good fantasy game here? Maybe. I mean, you know, the Baltimore passing game looks really good. They may get Hayden Hurst back this week. John Brown's the one guy you can rely on. Michael Crabtree's dropping the ball too much. We'll see if he's working himself outside of that circle. Trust Joe Flacco is inside of our circle. Trust in fantasy leagues right now. His numbers have been very consistent. Cleveland's defense looked a tough draw the first few weeks. Not a tough draw last week against Oakland. See what they can do coming back home. They lost Terrence Mitchell. Uh, but Baker Mayfield is going to have a ten. Now this is a test for the rookie. Uh, Baltimore's defense isn't going to, nothing's going to come easy. You like Jarvis Landry. They're going to scale back some Antonio Callaway. So does that benefit David Njoku? Does that benefit Richard Higgins? Does that benefit Duke Johnson? And then we're watching this Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb split. I don't think you can play either of them this week because of the matchup, but we will get guidance on who we can play going forward because Carlos Hyde's been workmanlike, but Nick Chubb obviously can offer more per touch and we'll see how quickly the Browns can adjust to that. All right, uh, Sigmund, this next one, pretty interesting as well. A fair amount of fantasy-relevant players in it. Let's call it the David Gettleman Bowl, as the the Giants head into Carolina to take on the Panthers. Uh, What do you think about this one, Sig? The Giants' offense, it's just so frustrating. Um, They just can't leverage what they have. Some of it's Eli, some of it's scheme, I think. Some of it's just a lack of imaginative, visionary play uh, or design. So you're going to play Barkley. But hold on, Sigmund. I was told Pat Shermer is an offensive genius. Was that a lie? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we're not seeing it yet. (laughs) Bad offensive line, too, for what it's Yeah, offensive line. And Eli, I mean, it's just they're very conservative. I don't know why you're conservative with an Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley even without Evan Ingram. But you're going to play Shepard. He has a good matchup. You're going to play Beckham. You're going to play Barkley. But can this team keep up? You might play the Carolina defense coming off a bye at home. Also, uh, Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey. uh, We'll see. This is the first team's coming out of a bye. I'm not sure there's a lot for Carolina to adjust. Norv Turner, who I would have been just as ho-hum, more ho-hum than Mike Shula, who he replaced, seems to be setting up Cam Newton for success and Devin Funchess. And uh, so it's, it's not a high flying passing game, but you would expect Carolina to be able to handle their business in this one based on how the Giants have been looking. All right, Sigmund, uh, interesting one here in that I think, uh, other than maybe the Bears, uh, these are the two most surprising three and one teams in the NFL squaring off. Granted, one of them 
coming in off an ass whooping. But the uh, Dolphins heading into Cincinnati, um, fantasy goodness in this one? Yes, for Cincinnati. Okay, you, you know, I mean, but Tyler Eifert, God, I hate to see that. Yeah, it's but such a bummer, man. It is, it is. But Tyler Boyd looks really good. He'll have the better matchup here. I would expect Xavier Howard to be on AJ Green. Uh, we'll see maybe John Ross could step make it step forward, although he's a little banged up in this one. Looks like Joe Mixon will be back, and he might be healthier than Giovanni Bernard right now. You're liking whoever's lining up in the backfield after we saw how Miami performed. And then on the Miami side, they just lost their center. They already lost Josh Sitton. This offense is flatlining. They can't seem to find any kind of offensive identity for too long with Adam Gase. Ryan Tannehill had a disastrous game. Cincinnati's defense was good the last time they were at home against Baltimore. Uh, I would expect Geno Atkins crashing down uh, against that very depleted interior offensive line. I like the Bengals defense this week. I like the Bengals. Look, three, both these teams are three and one, but I think if, we look at them now. The Miami beat Tennessee. How did that happen? Uh, now we look lightning at storms. Yeah, right. Delays yeah, exactly. threw them off their game. That's all I got. Right. Uh, who knows? But uh, you know, th- th- at this point, I'd say we'll see that the Miami Dolphins are a pretender, and the Bengals, in, at least in the AFC North, are a contender. I agree with you, hundred uh, percent on that. Um, all right, uh, interesting one here. Uh, the Chargers. I'm assuming you're starting your Chargers. The Raiders. Coming off a uh, 45-point showing segment. Uh, granted, some help from the refs here and there and all that. But um, uh, do you trust anything you saw in Oakland? And then how do you assess this game against the Chargers? I trust that Oakland can move the ball. They've been moving the ball all year. They just haven't been finishing drives the way they did against uh, Cleveland. But, you know, Mari Cooper, you know you're rolling the dice. But you also know you could roll sixes or seven or whatever game you want to put there's the good role that could be there Jordy Nelson Jared Cook Jared Cook's the number one fantasy tight end right now um, Derek Carr more of a streamer but certainly you'd expect a high scoring game in this one uh, Philip Rivers to Allen and the backfield uh, this is kind of a similar blueprint to New Orleans last year it should run through Gordon and Eckler they're both outstanding players uh, Gordon obviously in the fantasy force right now is Mike Williams taking a step back uh, but I, I think he this one, it, it should be more offensive oriented and the Raiders keep losing these close games. Finally got one, but that doesn't convince me that they're a good team. No, I would agree. I would even say uh, they are not a good team segment. I am not a, uh, a believer in the Raiders this season, even though they've played some close games. I'm sure it's going to turn poorly for them would be my guess. Uh, all right. On to a uh, another Less than inspiring game on the slate here from the AFC West to the NFC West. A battle between the Arizona Cardinals heading in to take on San Francisco. The 49ers there is Chosen Rosen uh, making uh, his second start for the Cardinals. What do you think about this one? Josh Rosen looks pretty good. Josh Rosen, I mean, there's there's something there. Maybe not there for fantasy. It's helping David Johnson, though. At least it's, you're not asking whether you're going to play David Johnson this week. On the San Francisco side, C.J. Beathard looks like he he's definitely progressed from last year. Now, there's nobody in this passing game necessarily I want to play except for George Kittle. But that Matt Breida, Arizona's run defense has been terrible. They can't get off the field. So Matt Breida looks interesting. Maybe even Alfred Morris, you have to dig deep. You think, if, when we're looking for rational coaching, you know, we talked about on Johnson and Aaron Jones. Will we get rational coaching? 
I expect rational coaching from Kyle Shanahan. And rational coaching for this one would be a game where you try to run the ball 30 or 35 times, which makes me think San Francisco running backs could be good plays this week. All right, Sigmund. Um, certainly the game of the week for Eagles fans is a, a big game, though, with two teams that surprisingly need a win here, it looks like. The Minnesota Vikings coming into town, 10 days rest, but uh, smarting at 1-2-1, and two and one, facing an Eagles team coming off the loss to the Titans in overtime. Um, looks like could be some fantasy goodness here, but we've talked about the Eagles D being better at home. What do you think about this one? Yeah, that's the big question here because I'm sure, again, I'm, I shouldn't uh, – pretend like I can come into this show and talk Eagles football and say anything that people don't know already. But with the pass rush not getting home, and it was a good offensive line that they faced, the defense secondary got exposed. And, yeah. and man, that's what Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen can do too. Now, did Minnesota offensive line? Not a good offensive line. So you could see this be a feeding frenzy, like when these two teams played in the NFC title game and they just get home and nothing works for Kirk Cousins. Or you could also see this being a back-and-forth duel. But I still think you definitely err on the side of Cousins. Even if it's a mess in the first half, there's going to be a lot of second-half points in the comeback attempt with Cousins to Diggs and Cousins to Thielen and Dalvin Cook as a receiver out of the backfield. And hopefully, for Minnesota's sake, what they do is what Tennessee did, just run a little bit to force them to honor the run, but really don't bother testing the Philadelphia run defense. It's just wasted plays. Uh, On the Philly side, of course, Carson Wentz looks great. And Minnesota's defense, we saw what Jared Goff did last week. So they're not scary right now, you know, missing Everson Griffin. And the secondary is having breakdowns, Xavier Rhodes, not the shutdown corner. Um, And I think that while Xavier Rhodes is the type to play well against Alshon Jeffrey, that's never bothered Jeffrey. And that's never bothered Carson Wentz. Uh, Zach Ertz obviously gobbling up catches. And I hope that we see more of Dallas Goddard and less of Nelson Aguilar. The, the Wentz to Aguilar connection, just there was something off about that connection. And we saw Wentz to Goddard look so good in the first game that they played together. So I, I'm looking hopefully for that kind of game plan change. And also because at tight end, we're rubbing two sticks together for some of our fantasy teams. Goddard could really help. JHI looks good. Uh, you see as the game goes on that that great Philadelphia offensive line can really wear down their opponent. I think that plays right into Ajay's wheelhouse in a home game. Yeah, neither of these teams playing nearly as well as people expect at this point in the season, of course, playing deep into January and February can have that type of impact. I uh, I agree with you on more Goddard. I think every single Philly fan is saying the same thing. I think the Aguilar to Wentz connection can be fine. It was really good before Wentz got hurt last year, but I think obviously um, in that Titans game, it was it was disastrous. That was Aguilar's worst game since 2016 in my mind. Um, all right, Sigmund, one more 4 o'clock before we get to the primetime games this week. A uh, Another NFC West battles. The NFC West squaring off against each other. Those High-flying Rams basically anointed as the uh, the best team in football by basically everybody. And it's really hard to argue, Sigmund, as they take on a uh, uh, Earl, Tom- Earl Thomas-less Seahawks team. What do you think about this one, Six? Yeah, and it, it, James, you've been following this stuff. It's 
closely as all of us for a long time. This is that we saw it in week three. It was a week or two early, the Minnesota Buffalo game, the classic trap game. This is that classic trap game, right? Where we're anointing the Rams. It doesn't seem like on either side of the ball, the Seahawks have the firepower to keep up with the Rams. But I still think you look at the prevailing trends here. All three wide receivers and Gurley and Goff are all must plays this week without Earl Thomas. That could be that keystone of that defense as they're bridging from the Legion of Boom to whatever's coming next. Uh, so on the Seattle side, and look, Marcus Peters a little banged up, Akib Tlaib out. So there's something, Doug Baldwin back and you know, probably more acclimated this week. So we're looking for Russell Wilson to be able to open it up. Okay, we're looking for Russell Wilson to put up and he starts slow every year. So this could be that game where it's a quarterback duel or it's a back and forth offensive game. Now, when these teams played during the Jeff Fisher era, these were even when Seattle's offense was good. These turned into street fight, low scoring games. I just don't see how Seattle can do that even up in Seattle, although that would be the classic trap game narrative here. Uh, but because of the potential for the high scoring answer game for the Seattle offense to come alive, the backfield's a mess. You know, let's just add a third running back to the mix now with Mike Davis. So maybe you're a little more inclined to play Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin in this one is Russell Wilson, much like Andrew Luck against New England. Russell Wilson's going to have to just put the team on his shoulders, but he's used to it. He is used to it. Yeah, it's true. He's done it many times. Did it the Eagles last season. Um, all right, Sigmund. Uh, Cowboys heading into Houston. The Battle of Texas. More importantly, Kiki Cutie. Woo! Sigmund, you called it. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. Um, and look, people are asking me, well, but Will Fuller's practicing. Um, doesn't matter. Because Cutie had three or four targets before Fuller went out in the second quarter. And we didn't even get to see what he can do as a deep receiver. Because he's got legit deep speed. And if Fuller's not out there, more targets. If Fuller is out there, less coverage, more places for Cutie to take advantage. The, the Texans know they have something really special there. You can tell by how they were using him. And they're using him as an extension of the running game, which is a, a bit of a fantasy football hack where you're getting those point per reception points, even though they're functionally running plays. So... Hopkins and Deshaun Watson looks great, by the way. You know, uh, Deshaun Watson looks like the same guy we saw last year. His offensive line is a problem against the Dallas defensive line, which is very underrated. Demarcus Lawrence is fantastic. We're going to see a lot of Deshaun Watson extending plays and running around, but he's used to that. So this this could be a high-scoring game. Lamar Miller's banged up, and the running game is just – this is one of those situations where – uh, why even try to run? Why not run? Why not run the offense through your strength, which is letting Deshaun Watson improvise and the great speed and skill they have at wide receiver on the Dallas side? Can Dak Prescott keep up? Um, can we see more of Ezekiel Elliott? Maybe try to in the passing game like we did last week downfield, and otherwise maybe trying to shorten this game with long drives going back to the blueprint that helped them in 2016. Because there ain't nothing to talk about in the passing game here. You're not dabbling in the cow even against the Texans. You're not looking for any answers in fantasy in the Cowboys passing game. Yeah, I, it's it looks bad. I'm with you, and I think. They're going to have to question whether Dak's the guy. There's going to be a lot of interesting discussions down there uh, in my mind coming up. All right, Monday nighter this week, Washington heading in to take on, of course, the uh, the somehow 3-1 and one Saints. It seemed like the sky was falling, and all of a sudden they're 3-1, and one, and uh, Alvin Kamara is just a uh, on pace for, for every record for running back ever or whatever. Uh, what do you think about this one, Sigmund? And Mark Ingram's back. Uh, oh, so- yes, of course. Buried the lead. 
Yeah, well, and look, and then that, and what that means is, you know, we already saw last week Kamara scored the three touchdowns. They did get four field goals. So the offense was moving the ball against the Giants. It just didn't resolve much for Breeze. Is it another week like that for Breeze with Ingram back? And maybe you really get that running game going against Washington. Uh, and Michael Thomas, you're still playing him, but we're looking to see, is he taking a step back as this offense goes back to last year's blueprint? Washington coming off the bye and this was a game that they came into New Orleans last year and all but won the game. And Drew Brees, what did he score? Two touchdowns in the last two or three minutes of the game. Uh, to win, to, and they ended up winning that one. Um, but coming out of the bye, you know, we'll see about Adrian Peterson. They have a really tough run defense in New Orleans. So I don't think you're going to see this be a Peterson game, especially if New Orleans can get out to lead. Maybe more of a Chris Thompson game. Jordan Reed, uh, of course, at tight end. At least he's still healthy and, and so you're, you're yeah. happy you're happy if you drafted about that he hasn't blown up yet uh and and then in the passing game uh you would expect in this one there isn't somebody that marshawn Lattimore can just blot out so uh again maybe that's this is a jamison crowder game as we saw sterling shepherd do a lot of damage from the slot last week so maybe it's more of a jamison crowder uh, interior passing in the middle of the field passing crowder and reed than uh, out on the outside with richardson and josh Dawson. again follow him on twitter at sigmund bloom footballguys.com the audible with cecil lammy all right Segment, my favorite time of the week is uh, last week you got to go in my, inside my mind. Terrible idea. Everyone hated it. Uh, just kidding. Ah. Uh, just kidding. But um, but we're gonna we're gonna go back to what we do here, and uh, I've cooked up what I think is a, a good batch here. Um, definitely will will tell us about you. These are questions about you, segment. So uh, here we go. Uh. Uh, question number one, which we'll start with some irony, since the whole point of this segment. Uh, or at least originally was inspired by the fact that your name is Sigmund. But um, if you had to start your life over with a different name, you could choose any name, you go back in time and just say, all right, I'm that as a name can define so many things. What name would you choose? Yeah. And I'm just going to say this because so one of the things I'll say is when I was a a little kid, I hated it. I wanted to just have a normal name. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think that, um, I, having a name where I, I'm the only one who knows people know somewhat the like only segment people know it's really helped my self-esteem you know yeah. um, and it helps and it helps people think I'm people think what I say has weight or I'm quote-unquote smart you know so I, I get a pass so I like it <laughs> I, that's great I, I like it like it and I like the sound of this name and even though it's not an exotic name because it's actually the Latin version of, of names that we know like Lewis or Luigi mm-hmm. um, or Ludwig uh, I like Aloysius I just like to say Ooh. I just like the way it sounds Aloysius Aloysius yeah it's 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 in it, it mean in my and Sigmund and I recommend everybody look up what their name means. Um, Sigmund means victorious protector, um, and uh, it's the original root of this one means famous battle. So you know, oh wow, step, Aloysius, yeah, uh, that's that's. But the point is, I want to stay out on the fringe. You know, yes. maybe maybe and maybe a, a hundred hundred fifty years ago, Sigmund wasn't on the fringe, or depending on where you would be. But in sure. this day and age, I like Aloysius. I love that. That was a great answer, and I love that was like practically locked and loaded. Terrific, terrific job. For those who don't know, Sigmund has no idea what I'm going to ask him, so that was really impressive. You pulled that out quickly. Um, all right, uh, we're going to go from your birth to your death, hopefully 50, 60, 70, 100 years from now. But whenever it is that it happens, um, 
and on your tombstone, and I, you know, for for the sake of the argument, if you you want to get cremated or if you want to do whatever, let's just say you have a tombstone, and you could have one sentence on it, only one. What would that sentence be? Oh man! Right. I mean, I'll just fall back on what I have on my Twitter homepage and a a, a quote that really resonated with me. Um, Although, you know, part of me wants to come from the really meek, uh, low self-esteem inner self and, and say, have something like, I hope I did okay or something like that. You know? <laughs> I thought you were going to go the other way and say yeah. he was a hero yeah, beloved right, right. by t- billions or whatever, you know? Right, right. But this is actually a quote um, from Kurt Vonnegut's brother, I think. Uh, and it, it, was, it was the beginning of one of his books. And the quote is simply, we're... We're here to get each other through this thing, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think hopefully, you know, we, you and I help each other do that while we do the show. Hopefully your listeners, your listeners, by giving us all an opportunity to do this, do that. So that's basically, I think, what it's about. I, um, um, and Jim, Joe Bryant, the mayor of football guys, there's a quote that he, uh, I can't remember who it is. It's like, we're all helping each other walk home or something like that. So you get it. You get the point. Yeah, I think that's a uh, a really good answer, and um, love the sentiment, and uh, agree. Uh, all right, two more, Sigmund. Uh, connected in a way. Um, all right, next one. One, you get only one you have to pick. Obviously, we all know there are many that go into making someone uh, who they are, but if you could only pick one trait for your best friend, your your closest friend, the person you spend the most time with, whatever, to have... What trait would you choose? <laughs> for my for my <laughs> friend, for the person with me, this one's really easy. You good, a good listener. <laughs> 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 you know, it's funny because the question used to be like, being well, who would you want to be stranded on a desert island with? And like, I think that the idea was at first I'd be a good person to be stranded on a desert island with because it would be wouldn't be boring at first. But then it's sort of like, <laughs> probably want to strangle because I won't. Sh- I'm a compulsive talker, you know. Yeah, me too. My so, wife is a, a great listener. <laughs> how, how, often, how often do the wonderful people in our lives just we don't know how much that they just quietly uh, humor us and allow? Oh us my god, oh, my wife does it all the time. I'll tell her things like. 10 different times and she'll be like, yeah, you already told that to me. And like, she'll listen to the whole thing though. Yeah. Or you're like, you're watching something and you have to like pause it to make a point about, Oh my God, I do it all the time. I drive her crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and they're they're very kind and and listeners, you encourage us and you should not encourage us. Yeah. I think that's dead on. All right. Um, I said connected in a way it's about traits, but now I'm flipping it on you, Sigmund. You have to pick your one single in your mind, your best trait. Oh, this is, I mean, it's funny because this is the kind of question, this is a true on the couch self-analysis kind of question, because on one hand, I'll do my best to give an objective answer, but then on the other hand, this is truly an inside of the mind of Sigmund Bloom, because whatever I give as an answer is revealing in and of itself, you know? It's like yeah. social It's like social media, like you, you reveal something about yourself on social media, but it's not necessarily what you think you're revealing. <laughs> uh, and... I would say that my best trait, mm, um, I mean, I'm caught in between two things. I mean, one, one is I would say, like, I'm, I'm, I'll just give them both because I can't pick one. Yeah, go for I, both. I think, that that I works. I we'll I'm bend both. the rules here. 
Yeah, I think I'm 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 loyal. You know, I think I'm a very loyal person, very dutiful and very loyal, um, and and true true blue in that way. However, I the, and these two things probably go together and are connected. Like I, and in some ways, it's inconvenient. But I actually have a conscience, you know. I mean, I, like I have, and it isn't like it isn't like I want to sound uppity about it or sound like I have a code and I live by my code. Right. But there's just that thing you bump up against sometimes that says, "No, nah, I can't. I can't do that." And um, I think that I, I there's a lot of times that I have been maybe saved and make people's lives better because I have something in me that says, no, you just can't do that. And I listen to that thing. And, uh, so that's, I mean, it's weird to say, but I guess in the 21st century to say, I have a conscience is one of my best traits. <laughs> a little too on the nose. I don't know. No, I think it's a perfect answer. And I think anyone who's listened to this podcast could have deduced that about you as uh, I can definitely vouch, uh, Sigmund, a great guy and uh, not surprising at all that you have a conscience Sigmund. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I was, yeah that was a good one I think that was a good follow up to Inside the Mind of James Seltzer Sigmund as always I will look forward to talking to you next week thank you Sigmund as Sigmund and I will be back next week to break down week 6 crazy how quick this season is going I keep saying that but it is, uh, it is wild um, so we'll be back next week to go through every single game on the slate and have a little more fun as I always say, one of my favorite hours of the week chatting with Sigmund. So uh, thank you for listening. And again, good luck in your week five matchups. And until week six, thank you for listening to this week in Fantasy N. Go Birds! Go Birds!